Hello, everyone. Happy Sabbath. Happy Sabbath. So for those of you that don't know me, my name is Eden, Pastor Eden for the summer. Um, and I have had the great pleasure and privilege to serve this church and serve this community this summer at Rock Fellowship. And I'm really excited to dive into the word and just to share all the experiences I have felt and I have learned um, throughout the summer. But before we go into the word, if you'd like to bow your heads with me. Dear Heavenly Father, oh, thank you so much for being such a wonderful God, being for such a loving God, God, and that all the ways that you have shown me and have, how you have shown yourself through this church, um, as I share these things that have been on my heart, um, please be with everyone that is listening. Please be with me as I speak that um, we are open to your word and open to what you have to tell us today. Thank you so much, and I pray in your name, amen. So earlier this year, uh, I believe it was back around March, Pastor Chris gave me a phone call. And I remember he started the call by asking me, so, so, so starting with some small talk, right? He asked me, hey, Eden, how are you doing? And I was like, hey, I'm doing good. Thanks for asking. <laughs> he was like asking me about my classes, you know, what I was up to the school year and all these things. And I was like, wow, Pastor Chris really cares about me, you know? I did not expect this call to come out of nowhere. You know, this past school semester, this past school year in general has been pretty stressful. Um, I was doing a lot of things and I was getting a little overloaded with academics and COVID really was not helping. And like this call is just such a nice little, uh, you know, reminder that there's people out there that still care for you. You know, my pastor, Pastor Chris, even though he was a pastor at LA Central a long time ago when I was also there as a youth, he still remembers me, he still cares about me to ask me how I was doing, right? And then he asked me this question, would you like to come to Rock Fellowship um, as a summer intern? And I was like, what? So you're not calling me just to check up on me how I'm doing? <laughs> I mean, he still cared about me, I believe. <laughs> but that came out of nowhere for me. I had zero expectations of that. I was not thinking about that kind of things at all because, um, you know, this past, the summer before that, because of COVID and the, everything shut down, I had to spend the entire summer in my home stuck. You know, I couldn't go anywhere. I couldn't do anything. And I thought this summer would kind of be the same, right? What can I do during the summer when COVID is still kind of around. There's no Kayan, there's no camp meeting, there's no summer camps, the usual things that I'll be doing um, in the summers. So when this rock, uh, when this internship opportunity came, I was just blown away. I was like, wow, I did not even expect or think that this could happen. But thinking back, looking back to all my years and beginning of my calling to ministry, if I really think back, Every single time that God moved, significant, God moved in significant ways in my life, it came unexpected. It came not out of my own plans. It came not out of my own thoughts and ideas. It came in a way where I did not expect it. You see, when I was, false, I was first called into ministry back in high school, um, when Pastor Juni called me to be a counselor at a summer camp called Kayam, at Junior Kayam and to serve and to counsel and watch over kids and like or junior high kids and you know work with them throughout the summer, I was like, what? That's crazy. And that was actually the first few steps of me 
um, realizing that ministry was something I was very passionate about. Ministry was something I wanted to do the rest of my life. And even after on, or even after that, um, going to college, going to Andrews University and studying theology, there came many moments where God moved in unexpected ways and surprising ways. Every single semester that I have been at Andrews, it has been a struggle to figure out how I'm going to pay for school. Tuition is so expensive. You know, it's like not super easy to figure out for me, especially when I first came in as an 18-year-old, just, kind of just got out of my parents' house, did not know what I was going to do financially. I had no idea how I was going to plan, pay for school. But every single semester, every single time where I went to the, the edge, where I started thinking and having arguments with my parents, should I quit studying theology to go back home, study at a community college where it's much cheaper? Every time it came to that point, God provided a way in ways that I cannot explain to you. Every semester, there was some different way that God was moving in people's hearts and situations that allowed me to stay in Andrews and studying theology to the point where next year, I'm going to my senior year of Andrews. That's amazing. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and this rock internship was exactly the same way. It came in a way, it came at a time where it was unexpected where I was honestly a little bit down and I was a little bit discouraged by the things that was going on um, around the world and in my own life. And that's when this call came from Pastor Chris. And this is when the opportunity came. And through this internship, I have seen and learned so many things that I would not have ever imagined if I stayed at home and not doing anything in my home. Through this internship, I learned so many things that I will carry on for the rest of my life. And it will take way too long to go down the entire list of everything, but I did write down a few major points um, and few major things that I have experienced and learned. Uh, working with the youth this summer, working with Pastor Jonathan, great youth pastor you guys have here at Rock, <laughs> shout out. But I learned how to empower youth leaders um, during this internship. I learned that um, to create an effective youth ministry, to create an effective youth group where you guys are spirit-filled and passionate about church and passionate about God. I have never seen a youth ministry like this, by the way. In all my years, um, moving around as a PK, as a pastor's kid, going to so many different churches, I have never seen a church that is so passionate about their youth and so caring about empowering them and growing them in the relationship with Christ. And I saw how he works with the youth, and I was very inspired by him, you know, Pastor Jonathan, if you didn't know, I actually was in college with him for a short middle of time. He was a senior when I was a freshman at Andrews University. And even before that, um, that back down in SoCal, um, when I was in junior high, I was in high school, he was always kind of like an older figure. Um, he wasn't in the same church as me, but I just saw him in different summer programs. And I always kind of looked up to him um, as this really cool um, older figure that was active in the church, doing praise and all these things. And that's why when I was coming to this internship, when I was coming to Rock this summer, I was like, oh, man, you know, oh, there's Pastor Jonathan here. Like, what am I going to do? You know, I had to be, like, really good this summer. And uh, watching him this summer, I learned that he had built such an awesome relationship with his youth kids. And I haven't, I haven't said anything to, anything to him yet before the sermon, but, you know, I saw the way that he built the relationship with his youth kids built on trust and on 
um, dependability. Like, he was able to depend on them. They were able to depend on him back. And I thought that was so amazing to see. Something that I wish I had as a youth kid. If I was a youth kid, I really wish I had a, pa- a youth pastor like Pastor Jonathan. And the way that he gives ownership um, to the kids and to the leaders that are leading out in their own youth groups. And the patience that he has shown with the youth kids also. Because, you know, it can be hard at times. And I think that patience is really, really admirable. Moving on, um, working with the children's ministry um, this year, this summer. Also, greatest children's ministry. It's going to be a cliche throughout this time, but greatest children's ministry I have seen. Um, it's, it's so awesome to work with all the children's ministry leaders and all the volunteers all throughout the summer, helping out in children's church. And obviously, our biggest one um, that happened recently, which was VBS, Vacation Bible School. I saw that and learned, the main point I learned from this experience was how to focus and be passionate about not just the big things, but the small things as well. Because there's not a single person, there's not a single aspect of VBS or Children's Church or the Children's Ministry as a whole that I can point out and be like, this area, they're like, you know, oh, this is fine. They just kind of slacked off on. In every single detail, every single decoration that you saw, every single um, part of the program of VBS that you saw, the leaders put in everything they had to it. Even when 80% effort was good enough, they always went and put to 100% and even beyond that if that would make the small little difference. And I was very inspired by that and the passion and the love that the children's ministry leaders had for the children's ministry and all the kids at this church, but also the community kids during VBS. It was so inspiring to me. And in general, of course, just the ministry of Pastor Chris in general as um, overall looking over the church and the church board and all the elders and the leaders of this church, I learned to be intentional. And I saw the intentionality in every single thing that they were doing. I learned that even when you preach, even when you prepare a sermon, even when you prepare um, board meetings and have these meetings and prayers and all these things, to be intentional in everything that he's doing. I saw that he showed a clear purpose, that he was purpose-driven, and he had a vision in everything that he was planning. And that was so awesome to see when I grew up seeing people just do things for the sake of it, you know, just out of their own, you know, ambition or out of their own ideas. But I saw in the leadership here at this church that every single step that they took, every single decision they made, they were very intentional and purposeful and thinking about the whole vision and the mission statement of the church as a whole. And at the same time, this church is so people-focused. You guys have such a strong community. You guys have such a warm and loving community amongst yourselves. And that was also very inspirational to see that you never left out the people in the formula of forming the church and moving the church. And just a few other highlights that I saw um, was just the warmth and the invitations that I got to people's homes um, throughout this internship Um, I really thank you. I really greatly appreciate the wonderful food that I have eaten. I've been spoiled. Now I have to go back to Andrews and eat college dorm food, you know. Uh, But uh, also another thing, um, I mentioned this kind of in my last sermon. But growing up as a PK, as a pastor's kid, I always had this notion that church was a place where I had to be perfect. You know, I always had to be the good kid in church and I always had to act a certain way. But some, for some reason, for the first time, when I was here at this church during this internship, I never felt that way. I never felt the pressure. I never felt the judgment to 
act in a way, uh, act in a way that, I w that wasn't me. I felt like I could really be myself. And maybe at some times, like at the BBS party, I was a little bit too much of myself, feeling a little bit too much of myself. <laughs> but that's what made it so fun and so welcoming and so accepting to be here this summer. And I can't think of a better way that I could have spent this summer, the last summer before I go into my senior year of college. And reflecting on all these things and looking at all these things, as I was preparing for this sermon, as I was writing this, it reminded me of a particular church. It reminded me of a particular story in the Bible. And what I'm talking about is the early church in Acts. And I really feel like the same Holy Spirit that was moving through the early church in Acts is present here at Rock Fellowship, moving through this church, transforming lives. So if you will go to Acts chapter 4 with me, uh, verse, starting from verse 31. Again, that's Acts chapter 4, verse 31. And we will read it all together. See, the early church in Acts, um, Acts chapter 4 is going to be a little bit after the Pentecost. This is a great event um, of the early church where the Holy Spirit came down on all the disciples and all the followers of Christ, and they were speaking in tongues, and there was fire with them, and a passion for um, spreading the gospel. And this is a little bit after, just a few moments after that, and there was this great miracle that happened, um, I believe, that was one of the starting points and the main reasons the church grew so large um, at that time. And it's in Acts chapter 4, verse 31. And it reads this, right? After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions were their own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all. And you might be thinking, what? That sounds like way too good. That sounds like crazy. You know, like everyone was, like, everyone was passionate about God. Um, the, the building was shaking. And it says that God's grace was powerfully at work in every single person there. Do you guys feel that way at this church? You might be questioning, like, is God's grace really that powerfully working at this church right now? But for me, coming in from the outside, coming as a third party, when I experienced this summer, this is what I felt and this is what I experienced at this church. I really felt like the Holy Spirit was moving in this church. And here are a few reasons why, and here are a few reasons for the evidence that I can give for the Holy Spirit. First is, um, as, you just, as you just read in Acts chapter 4, and, and all parts of Acts in the early church, a very common theme and very common thing that all the disciples do is they pray. And actually, my very first weekend that I was here, we had a prayer service. And this was after the uh, special revival weekend you guys had. And the first thing that I encountered when I came to this church was a strong presence of prayer in the church. And I was touched and moved by the way that the church was praying together. And even throughout the summer, just praying for VBS and praying for other things and praying for members of the church that are going through different things, I saw prayer happening with not just the leaders of the church, but all the members of the church. 
So prayer is something that I saw. I also saw praise. See, in the early church, after every single event, after every single worship session, they always made sure to praise God and praise God for what he has done. And I think you guys have an amazing worship team, by the way. You guys are always making sure to praise God with everything that you have. And I think all across, like, the Adventist churches, you guys have some, like, some of the ta- most talented people here. And I think that's, like, something really to praise God about. But um, I've been really touched by the worship and the praise that you have shown here. But I think one of the most important things that I see here as evidence of the Holy Spirit is the community. Again, as I mentioned earlier. The early church, if you could name one key point, one key thing that they did really well was they had community. It said that they shared everything that they had. They were so close together that their things were not their own things, but it was all everyone's things. And that, I think, relate, translates to this time, not just as possessions and um, tangible things, but it comes to time, it comes to relationships, it comes to um, commitment and effort and energy, and I see that at this church. I have, that's what I've experienced, is this sense of community and this sense of unity that I've seen and experienced. And all these things that I have experienced and the Holy Spirit that I have seen move, the lessons that I have learned by working in different ministries um, throughout the summer, they will always be a part of my story. As I leave this place, um, as I end my last Sabbath here, um, in a bittersweet way, I'm going to always carry a piece of rock, a piece of rock fellowship. <laughs> that sounds funny. A pebble? <laughs> That's not <laughs> a piece of rock fellowship wherever I go. And I really mean it. You see, this year, um, I took on a pretty big role at school. Um, and I talked to some of you guys about it, but I'm going to be a student chaplain this year at Andrews University. And that means that I'm going to be working with the chaplains and other student chaplains of the school to create a spiritual community and a spiritual, engage the students in spiritual um, life and connecting them to Jesus um, throughout the school year. It's a pretty big role, and it's a pretty big commitment for me. Um, I'm also in charge of the Vespers service every Friday night um, throughout this entire school year, so I'll be pretty busy planning for that. But as I do these things, as I enter into um, ministry at school, I will remember and hold on to and apply all the things that I have learned, right? Um, What I have learned about children's ministry, about focusing on both the big and the small and I would, um, on the details as well as the big things, I want to apply that in my ministry. I have been inspired to um, do my ministry in that way. And in the same way that Pastor Jonathan has empowered his leaders, I want to inspire the future leaders of um, the school. As I'm a senior, as has have underclassmen coming in, I also want to inspire them in the same way. And as Pastor Chris has led this church in vision and purpose, that's the exact same way that I want to lead in my ministry at school as well. But all these things that I'm mentioning, all these different ways that the Holy Spirit has impacted me um, through this church and all the members of this church, none of those things could have happened if I did not come here. I mean, yeah, of course, right? But this is what I mean. I could not have been impacted by Rock Fellowship in this way if 
I did not come here to rock fellowship. So what that means is that unless someone comes into rock fellowship and becomes a part of rock fellowship in the same way that I did and is able to um, stay with the people and, and work in the ministries, they're not able to be touched by what rock fellowship has to offer, right? You see, there's this miracle um, that happened in the early church in the, uh, right after the Pentecost and after the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the disciples. And this is crucial for the growth of the early church, as I mentioned earlier. This is the reason the church grew from 120 to 5,000. And this is a time where there was this lame beggar uh, by the gates where Peter and John were walking as they were passing by. And uh, let's actually read it together in Acts chapter 3, um, verse 3 to 8. So there was this lame beggar who was waiting by the gate, and he, were, he was asking for money. And at that moment, Peter and John happened to be walking by. Again, that's Acts chapter 3, verse 3 to 8. And this is what it reads. It says that he saw Peter and John about to enter, and he asked them for money. But Peter looked straight at him, and as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. And taking him by the hand, he helped him up, and instantly uh, the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. You guys might be familiar with the story. This is an amazing miracle. But I think what happens next is even more incredible. See, people witness this miracle. People see this man jumping around that was once paralyzed, that was once crippled. And they start questioning, what is this happening? Where did this come from? How did this happen? And all the people are all in like, they're all in shock, right? They're all amazed. And Peter and John take that uh, opportunity to preach to them. He start, they start preaching about Jesus, and they, tell, they start telling him all these things. But then the priests and the elders that were there of the, of the, at Jerusalem, they get really upset because they're preaching about Jesus, and they throw them in prison. And then this is the part that I want to focus on is when they are put in front of the Sanhedrin, in front of the court. And this is in Acts chapter 4, verse 13 to 16. If you'd like to follow along, Acts chapter 4, verse 13 to 16. But it reads there that when the Sanhedrin, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished, and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. But since they could see the man who had been healed standing there with them, there was nothing they could say. So they ordered them to withdraw from the Sanhedrin, and they conferred together. What are we going to do with these men? They asked. Everyone living in Jerusalem knows that they have performed a notable sign, this miracle, and we cannot deny it. See, this is a key difference with this early church and um, Rock Fellowship. Even after all those compliments I gave and all the experiences and all the um, love and passion that I have felt from this church, there's a key difference. There's a, just one level higher that the early church in Acts was able to do. You see, at Rock Church, 
people like me and people like of the community may come and they may be filled and they may be blessed here. But I believe that just as Peter and John and as the early church went out to the streets and connected with the community, I believe that God is calling Rock Fellowship to the next level. What if Rock Fellowship had an undeniable presence in this community? In the same way that the people, the Sanhedrin, even the enemies themselves could not deny the wonderful things that Peter and John had done. What if Rock Fellowship had the same impact? What if Rock Fellowship said to the world, look at us. Look at what we're doing. Not because of the glory of the church or the glory of what you guys are, who you guys are, but for the glory of God. What if Rock Fellowship was a place where not only people would come to be blessed, but where people could go to bless others? And I want to read from Acts chapter 1 um, to further this point. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, this is what Jesus says to the disciples. This is what Jesus says to everyone before um, he goes up to heaven. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, he says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You see, God has called on us. God has made the shifts for us from, being, from church being a place where we say, come and see that God is good, to a place where, to a church where we go and show that God is good, that God um, is working in our lives. And imagine if someone like me can be so blessed by coming here and seeing the way that the Holy Spirit has moved across the ministries here, Imagine how much more blessing this church could produce if the church went out to bless others and show others how the Holy Spirit has been moving. And with that, I want everyone to ask themselves these two questions. There's two questions. Number one is a general broad question for the whole church is, what can the church do to be a witness for Jesus? What can the church do as an organization, as a body of Christ, as a group of people, as a community to witness for Jesus? And then number two is personal, is what can I do as a member of Rock, as a member of this church to be a witness for Jesus? In the same way that God has opened doors for me to come here, in the same way that God has opened doors for me to enter into ministry, I believe that God will open doors for Rock and the members of this church to impact others and go out to um, show the love and passion you have shown me here to others. Imagine just all the different influences and all the impact that this church can make if a kid from Rock goes to church. I mean, go, sorry, a kid from Rock goes to school and they carry Rock with them. Imagine if a youth from Rock graduates and goes to college, like all the seniors that are, going, um, that are gone right now and the families that are gone with them. Imagine if they also carry Rock with them. Imagine if all of you guys take a piece of Rock with you as you go into work, as you go into the rest of your life, as you go into different communities and as you go into different aspects of life, if you carried 
rock with you, if you carried the influences and the impacts that you have felt at this church with you and everywhere that you go. And I felt this excitement and buzz after the VBS program. I felt this passion and like this idea and this questioning of what can we do next? VBS was such a great program, was such an impactful program. I have heard from many of you guys that VBS has been the most successful and most impactful outreach program that Rock has ever done. But that is just the beginning of what you guys can do, what we can do as a church. We don't have to stop there. We don't have to be satisfied with what we have done because God has even greater and bigger ways and more unexpected ways for him to work through us into this community, into this church. So again, I want all of us to ask ourselves a question again, make it personal. What can Rock do? What can this church do to be a witness for Jesus? And what can I do as a member of Rock to be a witness for Jesus? Um, Thank you. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for the experiences and um, the insight that I have gained throughout this summer, God. And I pray that these things don't stop here, that the things that I have learned, the, um, the way that I have seen you move um, does not stop here, God, but that I will carry it with me in everything that I do in my ministry in the future, no matter what church I go to, no matter uh, where I end up, God, that I can carry a piece of rock with me. And I pray that the same prayer for everyone here uh, at this church, that wherever they do, whatever they do in life, God, that they can carry a piece of rock with them, that they can spread that impact and influence with them, God, that, um, that they can be a witness to how great you are and how you have worked in their lives, God. And I just want to praise you again. I want to thank you again for being such an awesome and wonderful God that works miracles in our hearts and in our individual lives as well as the communities um, that you will impact in the future as well. God, I thank you so much for everything that you do. And I pray in your name, amen.